Well, I'm thankful, excited. You all be seated. Um, my, my, my. It is so wonderful. As my daughter texted me last night and said, welcome home. <laughs> that means more to me than anything. And as I've grown through the years of ministry and even as God took me step by step, especially where the fivefold was concerned, I came to understand that the apostolic gift is not for the promotion of men's pleasure. Amen. But there's a key element to it because the apostles of old had relationship. I'm going to take my time this morning, okay? But their ability to stand and execute the mind of God among the believers was not some fly in, fly out overnight because you the famous preacher of the times. But they were people who were engaged in relationship, meaningful relationship. And the apostles honored those relationships through the years, regardless to what the states of the churches were, how they started, what they went through, how they struggled, how they failed. He was still committed to them because there was a relationship. And so I'm so pleased and thankful that even in this season of my life, as God moves me back and forth through the body of Christ, uh, and, and I have to be honest, I'm, I'm not after the big platforms because there's often no relationship there. But I thank God for relationship, and I definitely have one here at Abounding Grace Family Worship Center. And I am glad, I am honored, I am thankful even as I communicated with pastor patience you know it's like I know excellence is 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 in your DNA but I also know as I'd like to say I'm a I'm high yield low maintenance you know so, some people high maintenance low yield you, you, you understand some some people send you they list of how and what it takes to bring me there and don't often produce what's necessary you know a little emotional high moment and they're on their plane and gone again but I'm so thankful that there is relationship here and I was just ecstatic and thankful the ministry that I'm working with now in uh, Gaston Alabama this is a was an important weekend for them but I told them Bound to Grace had priority <laughs> Amen. And I will be in Media, Pennsylvania this weekend. I will not be with you all. I want to just reiterate the honor that is due um, to the founding angels of this house. My son, none other like you. None other like you. You know, you got a place in my heart that nothing and nobody and no thing can ever touch or move. And I mean that. You are greatly loved, okay? Greatly loved and honored. My beautiful daughter who I could still just hold in my bosom where I first birthed her. I love you and honor you. And, and then to see your, your daughter and son in the Lord just stand in this place so graciously, so beautifully, so powerfully to their children and to all those that are a part, those that were at the beginning and those who are new. Welcome and God bless you. Welcome and God bless you. Uh, I'm just thankful uh, for what God is doing and how he is doing uh, 
his work in the earth. And as I said earlier, you know, we can look back. I think I'm approaching some 40 years in ministry and and I like to just give God glory and, and approaching 75 years of age in two months. And I give God glory. And I give God glory. And you know, um, I tell the people a lot of times, you know, ain't nothing worse than an old fool. And you got a little leverage to be a fool when you're young, okay? But ain't nothing worse than an old fool. Something ought to taught you down through the years of life, okay? And so I'm thankful for the experiences and the teachings and the learnings that have shaped my life and enabled me to stand even at this age and stage of life. So, Father, we give your name worthy praise. We extol you and honor you and bless you and esteem you highly. Thank you for this privilege that you give us to hear and receive your mind your thoughts your words so holy spirit come pour your fresh oil on our hearts and on our minds etch the father's words into our heart teach us how to continue faithful in you speak into the minds of these people today god let, let your words just melt in their heart God as they have brought good soil Lord you will speak at each level for they represent many phases of life but we thank you for it and we honor you in the mighty wonderful name of Jesus and we say amen and we say amen I'm going to try to work with this space here uh, I told the young ladies that are assisting me and they have just been so gracious so so very very gracious and I'm thankful um, I'm old school and I'm not ashamed <laughs> amen I still like the book <laughs> I still like the book so and, and sometimes I come double booked okay <laughs> I come double booked because I, I like what both of them say you know so I, I love the Amplified I got saved on the Amplified Bible and um a very serious point in my life I was just a little there but a young woman who was in her second marriage I married the first time at 17 years of age I married again at 23 years of age came from a background of much pain and hurt destruction and so I had no no knowledge of life in that second marriage it was so destructive and so painful and I felt so helpless till I was contemplating actually and not thinking, meticulously planning the deaths of my children and my suicide. And I, again, I, I don't, it wasn't something I, I just carelessly thought about. I meditated on it every day because it was necessary for me to make sure every child died and that I died also. The reason I wanted the children to all die because I did not want to leave one of them behind to carry the pain or shame of what I had done. But because of the pain of my own life, I didn't want them to have to repeat the cycle. So in the demonic reasoning, 
it was best that we all go and nobody had to live with what had taken place. This is how the devil tormented me day and night. Why do you think you will ever be a success? Why do you think you will ever be happy? Why do you think you'll ever have a family? Why do you think? And it became very, very real to me. Why do you think your children would have a better chance than you? And in that place, I had finally reached a plan that I thought would ensure the lives of everyone. And just in that week of me plotting this, the Lord intervened. And the rest is just history. I am now a great-grandmother. Generations have come behind me. And I said that only because if you're looking, and y'all forgive the state of my Bible, but the first Bible I ever had was an amplified Bible. I refused to live life without one. I have probably demolished multiple ones. And so this one is a little weary, um, but I still love it, and I love to preach with it. So that, 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 I just want to tell you all that. Amen. And so we are here today to celebrate a 35th church anniversary. 35 years of this ministry and as has been stated um, your theme scripture came out of Isaiah 43 and 19 uh, which is a powerful scripture and I believe God has been speaking that to the body of Christ all through this year I think we all sense that in this year God was doing new things in all of our lives and we know that scripture a lot of us do know it have repeated it but he said behold look here <laughs> I'm getting ready to do something new I'm getting ready to do something you haven't seen you haven't seen it but it's getting ready to spring up it's going to spring up and you're going to be able to behold it all right but he said you also need to forget former things Forget those old things in order to embrace the new. Amen. And so this celebration marks a special and unique moment in the life of Abounding Grace Family Worship Center. Can we just send up a praise right there? Right there. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, cable. That's right. That's right. 35 years. 35 years. 35 years. 35 years. 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 Some people can't make it 35 days, 35 weeks, 35 months. But we're talking about 35 years. Now, in this stage of my life, I do most of my writing. I, I, I write because I like to make sure I retain everything that God is saying to me. And so this ministry is in what we would consider a transition. It's in a transition, and it's transitioning into a succession. I'm just happy to be here today, so y'all just let me be happy, all right? But it's transitioning into a succession, which is, succession means the order in which one person follows the place of another. <laughs> Amen. We need to understand that because some, you know, we got, you know, everybody got their own ideals about a lot of things. But succession is taking place. It's being marked and set in place that's the new thing succession right now and that is that someone is now following the place or the order of another can we just give God some praise right there there is a purpose for a succession and that purpose is that something can continue 
Amen. It, it, it's not because somebody just I want to be a wannabe. And I want to be very careful when I say this, that somebody got some new ideals and plans that they think are better than yours. Okay, I'm going to find the church here in a minute, okay? You know, because some of these young people just out here want to do something because it's just different. But God said the reason I established succession is for continuance. It's for continuance, all right? And so in order for something to continue uh, or to remain in existence, it must have a strong foundation. Anything that's going to continue must have a strong foundation. And so a foundation is the act or beginning upon whatever is going to be built to be able to stand. If you want it to continue and stand, then it must have a foundation. I can feel already I need to make a shoe change. If you would uh, uh, accommodate me here, you know, they cute for a minute, but I need to get flat-footed and preach, okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. And so... Uh, this is what we're doing, and it's important. I tell you, I've been just incubating this word for weeks since I got the initial call. When I sought the Lord after getting the call, I heard the word foundation. I heard that word very clearly, foundation. And then the Spirit of the Lord drew me to a very familiar passage that I probably read, heard some years ago, and maybe didn't really um study it or I don't know if I've ever preached it before but it was still in my spirit let me just stop a minute and just say this is why you should read your Bible not because every time you read it you get deep revelation but because when you read it you stockpile information whereby when the Holy Spirit needs to talk to you he got a vocabulary he can use If you haven't read anything, if you don't have, this is, oh, God, help me. I, I don't want to go off course. But this is why this young generation is so messed up. I'm sorry, I ain't picking on young people. But we do have a, a generation that's very weak because everything you want to talk about God with, you coming out of your own understanding. You have no working vocabulary, no biblical knowledge, no history. You can't find half the books in the Bible. But you want to talk about what you think God is doing and how, you know, God works in your life. Amen. And so again, when the Lord spoke the word foundation to me, then he spoke his word out of Psalm 11. If you will go with me there. Psalm 11. And uh, I'm going to read the first few verses there again out of my Amplified Bible. And it speaks like this. Um, in the Lord, I take refuge and put my trust. Your King James just might say, in the Lord, I put my trust. This is a Psalm of David, one of my favorite, favorite biblical characters. He just makes a flat foot declaration. I put my trust in the Lord. I put my trust in the Lord. Again, another deviation here. I know people have faith, but most people haven't learned to put their trust. See, faith is your knowledge that he can, but trust is your ability to wait on him until he does. 
makes this declaration, uh, uh, my trust is in the Lord. My trust is in the Lord. And then in this conversation, he says, how can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? Now, well, we have to understand at this point in David's life, he was being uh, uh, chased and persecuted by King Saul. And the people around him were trying to tell him, why don't you just go on away from Saul? Why don't you just, uh, 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 you know, fight back? Why don't you do something to defend yourself? Y'all understand this more in a minute. But, 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 but this is the conversation that's going on. They're trying to tell David what he should be doing and, and a way out of it. Because after all, nobody wants to serve God and go through problems, do we? That's a Selah moment. Because somewhere we all just think that once we came to that altar, gave our life to Jesus, that eradicated problems. So they say, you know, David, why don't you go just flee, flee to the mountain and, 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 and remove yourself? You could be king over here. You could do something better over there. Verse 2, for see, the wicked, they're giving him evidence. The wicked are bending their bowls against you. And they make ready their arrows upon the string uh, that they uh, furtively in darkness may shoot at the upright in heart. David, don't you see you standing here like a target? Why don't you get out of the path? Why don't you get out of that ministry? Because before you tried to do ministry or got into the things of God, you really knew how to handle life. Is anybody here that it really was okay when I was just doing my thing? Now I'm trying to do the Lord's thing. And it has attracted all kind of warfare to my life. And I don't even feel prepared for this warfare. Okay? But verse 3 is where we'll start today. Because in the midst of this, David's response is what? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the unyielding righteous do? Or what has he wrought or accomplished? I'm in the Amplified. If, if, if the foundation of my trust in God is destroyed, if what I'm doing is not founded on who God is, then, then why am I doing it? Why am I even doing this? If, 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 if God can't keep me in this, how can he keep me in that? If, 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 if I don't have no foundation in the Lord, what in the world am I doing? Mm, mm, mm. Hallelujah. We, we see that in this conversation, they almost want to discount the value and the purpose of God's calling and his anointing because of the problems. Oh, I'm going to go somewhere today. They, they, immediately, people think that you because you're having problems, you can't be anointed. It can't be God. I mean, after all, but we have to remember, David was anointed. And then for the next 21 years of his life, ran like a crazy man. And had done nothing but be anointed. <laughs> that was the only problem. He was the anointed of God. But people will discredit your anointing and your calling because of your stages of life. The seasons of life that you have to walk. 
They're saying, why not flee? Why not flee? Don't you see the state that you're in? Don't you see that there's really no possible success? Oh, help me, Holy. They, you, there's no success. No success. But David recounts. He said, uh, but listen, uh, if, if my trust in God can't anchor me, then what can? If, if my relationship and my calling God can't keep me steady, then what other hope do I have? So if my foundation be destroyed, what in the world am I going to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hallelujah. David had determined that trusting in God was a sure foundation upon which not only him, but every Israelite could build. Faith in God, trust in God is what we can all build on. And so David, I love this, he, he wasn't really just looking at himself because God had given him a promise for generations. See, you can really tell where real leadership is when they only do the things that serve them and keep them looking good. Instead of what might have to take place to make sure somebody else succeeds. I want to dance right now, but I'm going to hold it. I'm, 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 I'm going to hold it, okay? Ah, thank you, Father. And so I'm truly honored and thankful to be a part of this celebration. And I believe my specific assignment here today, uh, that what I believe is going to lead us into really celebrating rightly is to understand and celebrate the foundation that has been laid for the succession to take place. We, we, we ain't at a funeral, so just go on and clap your hands. We're going to talk about the foundation that's been laid so a succession could take place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, when we go out sometimes, and I know all of us have, we go out, we look at uh, new homes, and, and we look at, go downtown, and we look at buildings and new facilities, and oh, how we admire those houses. Oh, my God, look at that house. Oh, look at that house. Oh, that's the house I'd love to have. Oh, look at that that hotel. They, they just built one with, uh, uh, I stayed in a hotel a few months ago, and I stayed on the 39th floor, and that wasn't the top one, you know? But, I mean, you know, just to gaze out the window and get the panoramic view of the city. Look how, but nobody says, show me the foundation. We we admire the house and the decor, the neighborhood, the landscaping and everything. But nobody says, what about the foundation? What what about the foundation? We, we, We tend to not even think about it, do we? Amen. Hallelujah. Yet the most valuable part of any building is the foundation. Thank you. The the most valuable part is the foundation. Hallelujah. Foundations. And listen, I had to make myself dig into this uh, because, you know, in the natural, I didn't fully understand. And so I felt like I needed to have a broader. And I thank God every time he pushes me deeper to learn and expand my understanding. So foundations are built to support the entire weight or load of what is yet to be built. Woo! They, They are built 
to support the entire weight or the load of what is yet to be built. My God, my God. And when I looked at it, they describe it that they have to build it with a view. They have to build it to handle what they call dead weight and living weight. They, the, the, the dead weight is the constant weight. The, the, the beams and the walls and the floor. That's dead weight. It's gone. That's the weight of it. But then they have to build it considering that what will live in here. You know, just like that 39th floor, that hotel's got to consider how many folk will come and go right up and down the elevator, sleep in the room, what the weight of the beds are, how much the plumbing weighs, everything that shifts, just like in your house. Like you might buy that newly built home, but that, that building really has no idea how you will decorate whether you will use real heavy antique furniture how many children you will have how many events you will have in your house so they have to look at that foundation and say this foundation has to hold the dead weight and the living weight oh, God. it has to be able to hold it <laughs> And so a strong and sturdy foundation provides safety. When they build a foundation, they're not looking at the color scheme or the decor, but they're looking at the safety of the structure as well as those who will live in it. They have to build it with stability. They have to build it with longevity in mind. They have to build it to be able to insulate it. Mm -mm. Anything built without a foundation or either built on a weak or faulty foundation is doomed for failure. It's doomed for failure because earth, dirt alone cannot hold weight. I'm going to go in the spirit on that one. Flesh can never hold the weight of the spirit. What God wants to do in our lives is so beyond our flesh. Our flesh cannot hold the weight of His glory. It can't hold it. And so what God wants to build and what God is doing in us is not a work of the flesh. But it is a work of the Spirit. Help me, Holy Ghost, right now. Hallelujah, Lord. And so we thank you. Go in your Bibles with me now to the Gospel of Luke could be a familiar passage but God made me read it in a totally different illumination and understanding and I know that I've read it and preached it over the years the gospel of Luke the sixth chapter I just want to pick up the last two verses 48 and 49 again I'm in the amplified bible but Luke the gospel of Luke chapter 6 verse 48 49 we see here that Jesus gives a description of a wise builder he gives a description of a wise builder. Verse 48, he is like, <laughs> he's likened to a man building a house who dug and went down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when a flood arose, the torrent broke against that house and could not shake or move it because it had been securely built, founded on a rock. 
But he who merely hears and does not practice doing my words is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation against which the torrent burst and immediately it collapsed and fell and the breaking and ruin of that house was great. Mm. Say hallelujah for the word, y'all. He said, listen, a wise man dig, but when I was looking at another translation, I just love this translation. The New English translation says he dug deep and laid the foundation on bedrock. He dug deep. I'm I'm sorry. I I, I, I just couldn't get off of that one sentence that he dug deep. He was getting ready to build, but he had to dig deep. He had to keep going beyond the surface. He had to dig when his flesh didn't feel like it. He had to dig when it didn't make no sense. I understand. Listen, I had to really study this because I think there's about five layers of earth before you get to bedrock. So you got to keep going through and going through and going through and going through till you get to bedrock. I wish somebody was preaching like this 35 years ago. I could have avoided some foolish mistakes I made. Listen. So then, and this is the way the Lord, I had to go back and say, what is bedrock? What is bedrock? And uh, bedrock is, uh, 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 is solid rock that lies under the loose, softer materials within the crust of earth. I know it's a scientific moment right there. Bedrock is solid rock. And we, we, we look at gravel, that's rock, but it ain't solid. It ain't solid, okay? It'll spin out with a tire wheel. Okay, bedrock is solid rock that lies under loose, softer material within the crust of earth. Bedrock is the rock that when the weight shifts, is not moved. Bedrock is when the weight shifts. The people that was in the house leave the house. When the weight shift, when the money get funny, <laughs> you understand, it don't move. Yeah, it don't, it don't move. So they said that this wise builder, not a foolish builder, but a wise builder don't just stop at surface building. Nice building. Okay, ain't that nice? But they've got something deeper in mind. They're looking at generations to come. They're looking at something to be there when they gone. Oh, God, I thank you. Bedrock is considered metamorphic. Metamorphic. Metamorphic means it can handle high temperatures, endure pressure, and yet stay minerally rich. metamorphic rock I'll say it again it can be subject to high temperatures it can endure extreme pressure and yet stay mineral rich are y'all happy today is anybody I don't know I, 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 I could just have church all by myself all by myself and still say minerally rich been through high pressure but still stay minerally rich okay 
Okay, minerals intact. Okay, hallelujah. Bedrock is considered to be indestructible. Indestructible. Able to survive. Able to survive. Glory to God. Glory to God. Able to survive. And so, again, this builder don't just go look at a piece of ground and say, ah, oh, yeah, I like that Lego bill. I, I, I talked to my son, Michael, uh, because this summer, uh, this, he took a job in construction. And he's never worked construction. He's always done landscaping. He's always had a love for the earth and whatever. But he took a, a job in landscaping. Uh, building a highway in Alabama. And for what I understand, they already let them know it's a three-year project. And three-year project. And, 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 and so he would come home some days and, you know, talk about things he was learning and, and the way things happened. And it was just so awesome to understand because I think for the first time, I had a fresh respect for building the highway. Now, for most of us, the only thing we feel when we see they're going to do highway work is frustration. That's the first thing you think about. Oh, now I got to go a whole nother way. And now I got to sit in all this traffic. Girl, they've been on that highway for so long. I'm so sick of them being on that highway, working on that highway. They ain't doing nothing but using our money. Just using our money, building that highway. But when my son began to tell me how they had to only go down at different levels and then stop for it to be inspected. State inspectors, he says, sit in their trucks waiting for us to say we finished this procedure. But they don't take our word for it. They come over and they measure and they test and they send samples to determine if we can start on this part because see what they see is the lives that will go up and down that highway going to jobs and going to school and going to work and that highway's got to endure the storms and the rains and the accidents and the weight semi trucks and all kinds of vehicles well we just want them to get through with it build it raggedy so I don't have to take the detour today and you know, there's saints looking for that today. There's saints looking for, for raggedy built stuff because it feels good and it gives a quick, it's a quick fix. Yeah, I, I like that ministry, you know, because you can kind of do what you want to do when you want to do it, the way you want to do it. And, amen. Bedrock is the layer that is unmovably connected to the interior of earth. I didn't even like science in school. But when I come to respect who created everything, I take another perspective. It's connected to earth. And the Bible tells us what? The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. And all they that dwell therein. So bedrock is connected to God. Bedrock belongs to God. Bedrock don't belong to you. Oh, my God, my God. So Jesus made it clear. We all know that scripture. Jesus made it clear that his church would be built upon the solid rock. 
can we praise God? He said, listen, I'm not building off of your personality. I'm not building off your charisma. I'm not building off of your gift. I'm not building off of them folks that like the way you dress. So I can't build no church on you. I got to build on solid rock. I got to build on what's unmovable, unshakable. I've got to move on. I've got to build on what it will endure down through eternity. The church that Jesus is building in this day will endure throughout eternity. We don't even speak of eternity to this age anymore. Everything is instant. Everything is now. Everything fulfills what my pleasure for the moment. But God's church is an eternal church that will live with him forever and ever and ever and ever. She's called the bride of Christ and she is preparing herself. Oh God, I love you today. I love you today, Father. I thank you. He said his church is going to be built on the solid rock and though he is the architect he calls anoints equips and sends master builders oh yes he does oh yes he does come on go with me in scripture again first corinthians come on going in first corinthians hallelujah first corinthians chapter three first corinthians chapter i'm going to pick up in the i believe the 10th verse here Glory to God. I love how it started off. Immediately, I just saw y'all. He said what? According to the grace. According to the grace. According to the grace. The special endowment for my task. My God, I just walk over here now. Just lay. <laughs> The special endowment for the task. Oh, come on, abound the grace. We ought to thank God for the special endowment that God put on these two for the task. For the task. The special endowment for the task that God bestowed on me like a skillful architect and master builder, I laid the foundation. And now another man is building up on it. Hey <laughs> God! Hey God! Hey God! Thank you, Father. I built it. I built a foundation. I built a foundation, and now another man is 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 going to build on. It. See, that's what really makes you apostolic. Thank you. Paul said it was by grace that I've laid the foundation. And that's why when God sent them, anointed them, called them, equipped them, they named this place Abounding Grace. Abounding Grace. <coughs> Pardon me. Foundations don't just hold up the house, but it strengthens and stabilizes it to prevent, listen to this, lateral movement lateral movement is what happens as a result of storms and winds and rains I 
I mean, you all, we don't, we read the news. We saw what happened in Miami. We saw the loss of life. The unnecessary loss of life. Because the foundation was not right. And even when it was brought to their attention, they did not want to take the necessary steps, invest the necessary investment to correct it. And I don't care how beautiful it looks, how powerful it looks, how exciting and enticing it looks. There are some people today that are not building rightly. They are not building on the rock. And they are going to cause the loss of lives in eternity. Jesus, I thank you. True, wise, master builders. They build for the battle. They build for the battle. Because they understand that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. They build battle-ready people. They build skillful warriors. They teach people how to be eagle-fired. Y'all thought she was just doing her own thing. Schools of the warriors. So when the storm comes, listen, when the storm comes, it ain't the furnishing. It ain't going to be your high-priced sofa, your console, your entertainment center, your fabulous drapes, the shutters on your windows that's going to hold that house. It's going to be the foundation. It's going to make the house stand. Because see, you can get some more drapes and another sofa. But let the foundation be destroyed. What will the righteous, what will the righteous do? Oh, Holy Ghost, I thank you. A foundation built on God alone is what is vital and necessary for the generations to come. That's a sweet moment right there. This world is, is literally promoting sand. Promoting and providing sand. We got a generation trying to build off of Google and YouTube. Trying to build their images and their identity and their worth on something that's nothing but sinking sand. Just sinking sand. Jesus, I love you. The other thing the Lord spoke to me, it was just so clear in coming to this. He said, foundation building takes time takes time takes 35 years y'all get it in the spirit as I thought about Harry and Doreen and the Lord said to me they've been laying a foundation that can now be built upon 35 years 
Oh, help me now, Holy Ghost. See, it wasn't about a building patience. I know people wonder when they're going to get another church, when they're going to come out of that little bitty place. Whoa, but God, I didn't send them to build a building. I sent them to lay a foundation. And it's taken 35 years of pressing through and pressing through and pressing through and pressing through to now have something that can be rightly built upon. I thought about them. <laughs> They've been laying this foundation for a long time. How many of us have went by and looked at houses and said, when they going to get through with that? Don't look like they're doing nothing. I thought they were going to build a house there. But see, they probably ran into some problems in the foundation. And rather than to just go ahead and build, they stopped to deal with the problems. Most of us ride by, ain't nobody stopping and say, oh, let's go look at the foundation. No, we want to wait and see walls and roofs. But true apostolic builders are more concerned with foundations being rightly laid and then allowing it to be inspected and approved by the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost said, no, 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 no. No, no. Mm, Jesus, I thank you. The Lord spoke clearly to me. He said, the title apostle and prophetess did not make them who they are. I'm going to praise God right there. See, I know, I know we just maybe found out who we were because the church was ignorant. And now some people even struggling because we got to call you apostle and prophetess. But what they don't understand in the spirit realm you was already that. You was already that. That somebody coming in here having a big service and anointing you didn't make you that. Your work speaks. Your work speaks. Not a title. Your work speaks. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Your work speaks. Because you know what? It survived. Hey, God, we praise you because it survived. The work speaks. The work speaks. The title don't make them. Strip away the titles and they'd still be who they are. Take away the titles and they keep right on running the race. Take away the titles and they still preach the truth to you. The Bible says that the church is founded and built by apostles and prophets. See, we, we, we don't read the book right. And that's why you could never go out just as a pastor. And we got too many of them out there now with no foundations. Oh, big followings, but no foundation. Because pastors don't initiate themselves. They are raised up by apostles and prophets. Apostles and prophets lay foundations in their lives that will enable them to stand and to endure. 
God called them and they surrendered. I think I was do, trying to do a little math this morning. I was just thinking about y'all just celebrated 49 years of, of marital life. And now the ministry is 35 years. So y'all haven't been married about 14 years. Somewhere like that. Am I right? How long were you married when God called y'all? I just did math. If y'all been married 49 and you've been doing ministry 35, they don't need but 14. Okay. But I mean to build a church, to do, to build the church. I'm not, yeah. I, 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 okay, yeah. To build the church 35 years. And that's because God called you to do this. And you surrendered to serve him in this capacity. <laughs> the Bible calls those who can endure the task. Did we not just read that? Endure the task of laying a, found, a strong foundations. And so when I, I looked at the word, and I don't know if I'll go to all that or not, but you know, apostles are often overlooked just like foundations they're they're overlooked they're unrecognized <laughs> and they're misunderstood because their work is a work of the spirit see i know this don't make everybody shout and run around and high five each other does it see they're they're misunderstood they're unrecognized i mean even when jesus the Lord of glory showed up. They still didn't know who he was either, did they? He's the, what? The chief apostle. That's what the scriptures call him. The chief apostle. <laughs> glory to God. But the reason why is because they are doing something in the spirit and the unseen, and, and the unseen realm of God's kingdom. God, I, see, they are really bringing the kingdom into manifestation by their lives. Oh, God, help me right now. Y'all see, we don't even get excited about the kingdom because we're too churchy. Understand, we too church, but it wouldn't be no church without the kingdom. And so apostles and prophets are spirit-minded, spirit-led, spirit-initiated. Their work is a spiritual work. The Apostle Paul, we don't even know him and we're still being blessed by his work. We don't know Peter. We don't know James. But their works live on. They give us the instruction and the foundation to build rightly. Apostles cannot be fully comprehended or even perceived by natural men. That's why fleshly folk get offended with spiritual folk. They do. Real, real carnality is offended in the presence of spirituality. They don't understand you. They don't understand the way you live, the way you talk, what you require. And so that's why it's, it's been tough for us. Especially because we didn't know what we were doing. Why we had the standards that we had. Why we lived the way we lived. Why it was so real to us and seemed to be so vague to them. Like, how, don't you get it? And they didn't. Because all they could see, remember in the Psalms 11, they told David, see what the wicked doing? They could see what the wicked doing, but they can't see what God's doing. And that's something the people can tell you all the problems with the church, but can't tell you what God is doing. That ought to be your first indicator right now. That's a carnal Christian. Just cut the conversation, okay? 
because the fact that all they can see is what sister so-and-so did and didn't do and what they don't like and what ain't right and what over, why we sitting over there, why we back over here, why we ain't doing this, they're not spiritual. They, they, they don't understand. They, they, they really don't understand. Mm. Thank you, Father. Foundation is long and slow. And the Lord sent me today to say they've been laboring to secure this foundation. Mm. Y'all don't know. I've, I've wept and cried. They have been laboring for this moment, for this day. Pastor, as I met them, we go back. Nobody ever know the days, the hours, the nights, the cries, the tears, the struggles, the pain, the confusion. Y'all just want to get caught up on what she got on. The Lord said they've stood the winds of adversity. Um, I'm, I'm, y'all ought to be. They've stood despite the winds of adversity. They've stood despite the waves that came to overcome them and overwhelm them. They stood despite the opposition, the trials, the persecution, the misunderstanding, the betrayals, the accusations, the heartaches. Oh, my God, I could just praise God. Right? I know, I know how many times my, do- my daughter has wept on my shoulder, wept over the phone. I know how many times we've come in here. Oh, I'm just right here right now. I know y'all sitting here now because they didn't give up. When they could have given up, when they could have walked away, when they could have said, I'm through, I'm tired, I can't do it no more. But they kept coming and doing because they were laying a foundation. They were laying a foundation. I'm going to go back to say again, even in the aspect of a natural building, God was not going to release you ought to build until the foundation was in place because you just can't build because you want to build it like somebody else got across town. So the people came and the people went and the people came because some of them are just contractual. They're just contractual workers. They weren't a real part of foundation land. I'm looking around here, some of y'all, Sister Monica, there's some of y'all here, Sister Diane, Sister Kay, I look, I see, I don't know everybody, don't get offended about me, but some of y'all been some real pillars that labored with them when there wasn't but a handful of people. When people were accusing and pointing fingers and questioning and when they weren't moving fast enough and wasn't doing it the way that they thought it should have been done. But that was their ignorance because they were not just trying to build a building. They were trying to build a people and lay a foundation that would allow a people to grow up in it. Oh, God. Again, I say I saw them through the opposition. I saw them through the heartache. And the Lord said three generations have witnessed the past and the present. Even as the Lord spoke, your own families didn't always understand. What in the world is Harry and Doreen doing now? They didn't know. They just looked. And now, a generation and a generation is in queue. (laughs) They in position now because you understood and stayed faithful to build the foundation. I'm almost through. 
I'm almost through. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And this is the part that really blessed me. And I just say, they didn't just lay a foundation for themselves. But they've laid a foundation for marriage. I'm going to go preach in the hall. They've laid a foundation for marriage because every wind, wave, and opposition could have towed this marriage up. They wouldn't have celebrated 49 years last week. They've left a foundation for generations that you can stay married. You can endure. You can work through heartache, pain, failure, disappointment. It is able. It is possible. They laid a foundation. They called this the abounding grace family worship center because they were laying a foundation for families for families for families what greater father could any child want than a harry jones i don't i didn't have my father i was raised in a foster home but this man have drove miles just to support a ball game this family has stayed in a secure place so these grandchildren would understand marriage and family life Maybe they should have went on and built some palatial place and forgot about all of y'all. But they didn't. And the Lord just, like I said, I'm just writing, he's speaking. He said they've laid a foundation for marriage, for family, for ministry, for endurance, for patience, for long-suffering, for steadfastness, for faithfulness. They've laid a foundation for worship. They've laid a foundation for praying. And they've laid a foundation for giving. Oh, y'all could do better than that. Because if you've known them long enough, they done gave you something. If you know them long enough, they done prayed with you about something. If you've known them long enough. And 35 years, they don't feel no ways tired. But ready to celebrate. But ready to celebrate. First Corinthians, I'm closing here. Y'all be patient with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9 and 16 describes them. For it seems to me that God has made an exhibit of us apostles, exposing us to view last of all. Like men in a triumphal procession who are sentenced to death and displayed at the end of the line. For we became a spectacle to the world, a show in the world's amphitheater with men and angels as spectators. We are looked upon as fools on account of Christ and for his sake. While you are supposed to be so amazingly wise and prudent in Christ, we are weak. But you are so very strong. You are highly esteemed. But we are in disrepute and in contempt. To this hour we have gone hungry and thirsty. We have habitually, we are habitually wear but one undergarment and shiver in the cold. We are roughly knocked about and wander around homeless. And we still toil under weariness for our living. Working hard with our own hands. When men revile us, that is when they wound us 
with an accursed thing, we bless them. When we are persecuted, we take it patiently and we endure it. When we are slandered and defamed, we try to answer softly and bring comfort. We have been made and are now the rubbish and even filth of the world, the offscoring of all things, the scum of the earth. I don't write this to shame you, but to warn and counsel you as my beloved children. After all, though you should have 10,000 teachers, guides to direct you in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the glad tidings of the gospel. So today I urge and implore you, be an imitator of me. Isn't that something? One of the most greatest apostles. That was his description of life. You know, people get bothered, Doreen, when we don't seem successful fast enough. They get, they get, you know, you know it. We got friends that everybody want to attach to you when they think you can add to them or take them somewhere. But then when your stuff don't seem to match the image, the calls stop coming. But we won't fret over that because you've left something for them to imitate. You left something everlasting and eternal for these people to walk in. God is pleased. And so yes, God is a new thing, but he's not doing it without a foundation. <laughs> we won't get excited over the new thing till we can rejoice over the foundation, y'all, okay? Amen. We ain't going to put the new thing out there ahead of the foundation that has been delayed. So today, we're going to celebrate as in the days of old. Y'all got that song ready for me? Let's rejoice. We're going to celebrate because the foundation has been laid. My God, my God. Glory to God.